Today we are chatting about meat. We get a lot of questions if we are vegan. And I can see why. I mean, most of the stuff we buy is plant-based from, you know, our zero videos and from just whatever you've been sharing on uh, recipes and things. So growing up, we both ate. Ate whatever. I think both of our parents were like, you know, just meat at the store, frozen veg. My, my family was frozen veg a lot. Bottle of Coke in the fridge, milk from the store. It was just the standard diet. Whatever the store had. Lots of sugar. Lots of sugar in my growing up. In my 20s, I started being much more aware of food and the importance of eating organic and not eating sugar. It really started with learning that sunscreen that you buy from the store are bad for you. And that reality opened my family and I up to the whole world of organic and what's in our food, what's in our makeup, our home supplies. For me, my father passing away from cancer led my mom and dad to go extreme. Uh, it was the chemo that killed my dad, but they tried everything. They went uh, holistic, they did food diet, all that kind of stuff. And that kind of led my mom into really changing her lifestyle. And I was about 16 years old. We read a book by some uh, American pastor who himself had cancer and he healed himself by doing the Daniel diet, which is just raw veg, you know, juicing, all of that kind of stuff. And uh, we read something called the China study. It was basically a study of all these Chinese people who lived to hundreds of years old, no cancer and none of the diseases of Western life. And they were like, why? And it came down to food. So that was my kind of journey uh, into food. I never really kept it, but in the back of my mind, I knew like, oh yeah, like you heal cancer with food. We were aware of these things, but to actually stick with it and make it a part of our lifestyle actually took many years. When we got married, we made a commitment to each other that we're going to live to 120. The Bible says a man's years are 120 years old. So we're going to, we're going to be healthy. We're going to live to 120. And we wanted to honor each other by how we stewarded our bodies, not only for ourselves, but for each other. We want to live a long life together. And so we didn't have a lot of money, but we did what we could. And I was working at Trader Joe's. I tried to buy as much organic food that I could. And we didn't ever keep sugar in the home. We would still go out to like the bakery and get stuff every once in a while. And then when it came to meat, we really just couldn't afford the quality of meat that we had a conscious awareness that that's what we would need to get. So I would buy organic chicken from Trader Joe's and, and then we would get the ground turkey from Trader Joe's that wasn't even organic, but those were really the only meat that we ate. So we would eat a lot of rice and vegetables. And then I was fortunate to start working with a bunch of guys who were raising animals holistically and really taught me a lot about the meat industry. So you see all these sad documentaries about meat farms, industrial feedlot, chicken confinement houses and all these things. And it's like, oh my gosh, that is disgusting. Like you don't want to eat, you don't want to eat the energy or the abuse or the, the, the terrible stewardship of creation that majority of industrial meat is, you know, 90% of meat in America is factory meat. And, you know, through working with these holistic guys, um, they taught me something very important, which was respect for creation. So God created animals for a purpose, you know, so these guys, they had a very clear understanding of what meat is. So an animal's purpose is food, right? They're part of a chain of creation. You know, a mouse is eaten by a snake, a snake is eaten by a hawk. 
there's a circle, a chain of predation. So in the wild, a bison, which is the equivalent of a cow, or a boar, which is the equivalent of a pig, the only way for them to die in nature is predation or disease. They live a life of consistent terror, avoiding predation and succumbing to disease. That's the only two ways uh, for an animal to die in nature, predation and disease. Whereas a farmer, when you're stewarding creation and giving them an amazing life, you know, they always say, bring out the pigginess of the pig. Allow him to wallow and rut and be a pig. Allow the cow to graze and be a cow. Allow the chicken to peck and scratch and be a chicken. When you're doing those things, you're giving them an amazing life. You're feeding them. And then they always say they have their one bad day, their graduation day. You know, it's time for them to graduate to their purpose. And it's quick. It's, humane. you know, it's humane. Uh, and, and that took a heavy toll on me my first ever kill day. It was a pig day and I was in the, the kill floor. And Scott loves pigs. And I love pigs. <laughs> They're amazing. I pet them and feed them and love them and I give them names. But working for, for these guys, it was this amazing reverence for our food of like, wow, you know, I've made a, a connection to all these little piggies. I've fed them. Uh, I've named them. And it's like, today's their graduation day, you know, and it was, it was heavy on my soul because I've never killed anything myself. I've been so removed from food. I've been so removed from production, mm -hmm. from nature, from creation that this was a heavy thing for me. And so when I was driving back home, that first kill day that I ever had working for these guys, I was like, it was so heavy in my mind. And I was just like, Lord, would you teach me about this? Would you teach me about life and, and death and meat? And the immediate scripture that fell in my heart was when the angel of the Lord appears to Peter and he says, Peter, do not call anything unclean that I have called clean. Get up, kill and eat. And I was like, wow, Lord, like this is your design. This is your design. And so, you know, that really settled for us this thing of as stewards of creation, we're not supposed to be revolted by creation. We're not supposed to be revolted by other people's abuse of creation. We're meant to come and bring God's image to creation. And so it is in God's image that we get up, kill and eat, but we do it in a way that is good. We do it honoring. in a way that is honoring, that is respectful. Do you know that we never threw out another waste piece of meat ever again? I got so convicted that, you know, we would have a chicken skeleton, we'd pick all the, the meat from it and we'd just throw the rest away or let it go old in the fridge. From the moment on that I understood, I saw how this chicken was raised, the farmers who raised it, the guys on the kill floor who processed it, like the intense sacredness of life. Like we would eat everything on a carcass we would boil the bones and get bone broth from it like nothing would go to waste we would then compost whatever was left because it's like this is sacred creation and we are stewards of creation we're not abusers and exhausters and wasters and yeah consumers of creation so that was a, a huge change in our heart we decided never again we're not going to eat we're never again going to eat factory meat because we don't want to be complicit in bad stewardship and abuse of animals and, and of the people. It, it takes a toll on your heart to constantly confine and lock up and abuse animals the way they do. So not only do we not want to abuse and be involved in the industrial side of things, we also want to now become producers. We, I want to be complicit in good management, in good stewardship of creation. And a thing that a lot of people don't understand is that grazing animals 
are integral to the earth's health. So a lot of people are like, oh, we can just eat vegetables for the rest of our life. The problem is vegetables need animals to fertilize and uh, complete the nutrient cycle. So if you take all the animals off the land, what you get is this corn monoculture and soy monoculture that is destroying our soils and waters. You have to have increasing chemicals, increasing inputs that are not natural. And now the waters are so poisoned by non-animal monoculture or factory animal monocultures where they have these huge cesspools of filth. But both ways are destroying our soil and water and are poisoning us. The effects of all these chemicals and fertilizers and things like that. Androgyny in water and sea animals is a real thing. Once Scott started working for these holistic farmers, we were doing great when it came to eating meat because we got a discount. We were eating meat at least twice a day. And this was awesome not only for our budget, but also for health. Grass-fed, grass-finished meat is so much better for you and has so many more nutrients than your factory farmed animals. And so they don't have stress overcoming their body and and what happens is when these animals that are stressed out, they're put in a cage, they're all riled up, cortisol is being released in their body and then the animal gets killed and that stress is in, those stress hormones are in the meat and then we eat that. Not only the stress, but you eat whatever hormones are injected into these cows. Antibiotics. Antibiotics all of those things we're consuming and that does so much damage to our system. And so we wanna know that our meat has never had any hormones, no antibiotics, and no GMO feed. So that was a great season in our life working for those farmers because we were just flooded with meat. It was wonderful. We had as much meat as we could eat. And then we moved, went back to South Africa. That's where we got stuck. And I had some nutrition testing done and they discovered that I have some stuff going on with my liver. And so we were recommended to go on a plant-based, we were, I was recommended to go on a plant-based diet for two months just to heal my liver. And so Scott graciously did it with me. And so that's where I've gotten a lot of my plant-based recipes from was from those two months where we were only eating plant-based foods. No soy. We never recommend soy. We don't touch soy. And it made sense from everything we read, you know, to purge your body, to cleanse your body. Fasting and plant-based diets are great for cleansing out toxins, for getting your body back to a place of alignment. But after that, we, we really were struggling with energy, with. Especially Scott. So that's when we're like, okay, you know what? We really need to have meat in our diet. And the problem was then we just moved to this new area. We don't know any local farmers. And so again, we were like, okay, well, where can we get our meat from? We went to the Wendell Berry Center, but we didn't get enough to last us. So we started with, okay, we'll make this stretch and we'll do one mm -hmm. meat a week. And this is where we started doing research on the like for like. We discovered that they say if you eat liver, it'll help heal your liver. Mm -hmm. And so we started doing that and then we ran out of liver. And so just recently we went back down there, we loaded our freezer up. And then I was encouraged by a friend I have on Instagram how she cuts up raw liver, freezes it in these smaller pieces and 
then every day she adds a piece to her smoothie and you don't even taste it. And I actually have noticed, so we drink our smoothies around noon and I don't drink coffee much anymore. So like I would have the afternoon fatigue and I would notice ever since we've started this liver thing, I don't feel that. So I'm gonna assume it's the liver. And so that's where we are with our journey. We are happy to eat meat. We want to actually move to a place where we produce our own meat. Yeah. We wanna feel the weight of killing animals ourselves mm -hmm. and understanding that. Which leads to our most important point on this whole thing of eating, which is conscience, a cleanliness of conscience and conscious knowledge of what you're eating. Romans 14 goes into the thing of whatever you eat, eat of faith, right? So some people, Paul's talking about eating meat sacrificed to an idol. That's, that's evil. That's bad. And, and that would be the equivalent of today. People going, oh, I can never eat meat or I hate people who go to McDonald's or I hate people who are vegan or, you know, all these things that we put our faith onto food. And, and Paul's saying, look, man, whatever you eat, eat it in faith, eat it with a clean conscience. If you can't set foot into McDonald's, don't, but also don't condemn people who do. If you can't eat meat, don't like eat in full faith or don't eat at all, but also don't condemn people who do. If you're a vegan, eat in full faith, but also don't condemn people who do. The, the equivalent here is whatever you do, do it in faith and be conscious about it. Why am I eating this? Because I know God is good and he's, this is his design for me. Or, you know, I can't find any good meat, so I'm not going to eat meat until I can raise it myself. Or, you know, you've got to understand why am I eating? What am I eating? We hope this uh, encourages you guys to live in faith, to eat in faith. Read Romans 14. Amen.